Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Most addictive drugs come with a combination of pleasant and unpleasant effects. Robert Mallison wants to understand exactly how cocaine produces that mixture in the human brain in hopes of developing better treatments for addiction. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs and Communications talking with Dr. Mallison about how that work is progressing. So tell me specifically what you're trying to learn. Well, you know, for a long time I've been impressed how some individuals who are exposed to a drug of abuse like cocaine mm -hmm. um, experience it as a love at first sight experience, an overwhelming pleasant effect with little or no downside or negative effects. Uh -huh. Well, I've talked to other people who've done an experience just the opposite, that they found it intensely unpleasant or dysphoric. And, and it, it struck us that that may be one of the factors that contributes to whether somebody's at risk for going on to addiction, uh, the chronic use and abuse of the drug. So if you gain all the pluses and none of the minuses, exactly. all the more reason to keep going. So what, what do you want to know more specifically about how those pluses and minuses are lighting up different brains? Well, you know, we're taking a, a convergent approach, I guess, using a variety of different methodologies. Um, we're relying on some of the clues we've gotten from basic science research mm -hmm. in laboratory animals about the ways in which drugs influence the brain, the way genetics influences the ways animals either prefer or don't prefer a drug, and taking some of those clues and bringing them into humans. So we're using a pharmacologic approach, looking at the way patients people who use cocaine mm -hmm. actually respond to the drug. We're using genetics based on some of those animal clues, looking at genetic variation that mimics that variation we see in animals that influences their responses. And then we're using some state-of-the-art research tools that allow us to peer inside the brain non-invasively to get a sense of what neurochemical factors are associated with positive and negative effects of the drug. And are those PET scans? Those are PET scans, about? positron emission tomography. Thank you very much. <laughs> and can you tell me a little bit about Yale's capacity to do that? You know, we're really fortunate here at Yale. We have probably one of the world's leading, if not the leading, pet center. Um, it's uh, head by Rich Carson, and they have a wonderful staff of talented radio chemists, radio physicists, technical support staff, and uh, they enable us to do these um, rare opportunity-type studies um, looking at um, neurochemicals in the brain that are present in Oh, gosh, nanomolar, I guess uh, infinitesimally small levels in the brain. Mm -hmm. In particular, a particular neurotransmitter receptor, a dopamine receptor in the brain, that is thought to underlie uh, very much the addictive properties of cocaine. And what have you been able to learn so far? Well, we're just at the start of these studies, but based on some clues from these genetic studies in animals, we have a hypothesis that people who are going to respond positively to drugs, experience mm -hmm. them as pleasurable, are going to have very low levels of these uh, dopamine D2 receptors. And, and more specifically, those dopamine D2 receptors are like a light switch. They can, they can exist in an on state or an off state. Uh -huh. And using some very clever radio tracers that the PET Center has helped to develop, we can look for the first time at just specifically the receptors in that on state, the state that we think is going to dramatically influence whether somebody experiences these effects as pleasurable or positive or uh, unpleasant and negative. So if you could somehow figure out how to flip that switch. Absolutely. So we have some clues from clinical studies in humans that have shown that a medication 
disulfiram, uh -huh. a medication used to treat alcoholism for many years, turns out to be effective, but mildly so in cocaine users. Mm -hmm. People had presumed it was because there was a lot of comorbid alcohol use in the cocaine-addicted population. Mm -hmm. But some subsequent studies by Kathy Carroll and others here at Yale have gone on to clearly show that disulfiram works in cocaine users who don't drink alcohol at all. And so the mechanism of disulfiram's action is a mystery to us. Hmm. But one of the things that we suspect strongly is it's influencing the state of these D2 receptors, whether they exist in this on or off form. And if we can confirm that in yeah. some of our studies in humans, then that might lead to the development of more selective and effective medications actually for the treatment of the disorder. So PET scans must be incredibly important in developing medications. They very much are. I mean, we use them in academia. They're very much utilized now by industry and industry collaborations yeah. between our PET center, specifically aimed at trying to develop better medications to treat not just neuropsychiatric disorders, but a whole range of medical conditions. Now, you started out on this path with a $15,000 pilot grant from the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation. What have you been able to leverage that into? You know, that's a great, um, that's a great point. We actually um, were fortunate enough to get a sort of a seed money to start yeah. some of this work, um, seed money from the YCCI that actually was generously matched by an equal contribution from the Yale Pet Center. And then using that money, we were able to collect some preliminary data, what we would call feasibility data, mm -hmm. to show that we can do this work here at Yale, that we can recruit the subjects, we can do the brain scans in them, and we can see some encouraging results. And in the current era of federal funding, the mainstay of most of our research, um, one can't get large-scale grants to really underwrite this research in the absence of such preliminary data. So fortunately, with that preliminary data, we were actually successful in getting a larger grant, a grant that was part of the stimulus funding, that mm -hmm. will actually now help us for the next two years conduct this work in a, in a, in a more definitive way, we hope. Now, that's true even for somebody like yourself, a scholar with some reputation. You oh, absolutely. Just... Um, reputation only goes so far. Yeah. At a certain point, um, scientific review panels want to see not just do you have a good idea and are you a good person, but what's the evidence that this idea mm -hmm. is really likely to be the case? You've treated people with cocaine addiction. Does that play a role in motivating you in your research? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the dream, the goal for all of us who yeah. see people who suffer with this is to find a way to more effectively alleviate their suffering. Addiction is just a huge public health problem that, that impacts everybody from society to families to loved ones to, of course, the individual that's most severely affected themselves. And, and the goal is for us to develop better treatments that will help everyone in that regard. Because for most of the history of treating it, it's just been really behavioral, right? That's all you I mean, had. I think the mainstay of our treatments currently absolutely have been behavioral for addiction. And, and the good thing is that we do have some behavioral interventions that work and work very well. Yeah. But we also know that there's large, large numbers, would dare to say maybe a majority of addicted individuals that are left unhelped by yeah. the best treatments we currently have. And, and, uh, and, and so we really do believe, and there's evidence for that now in the fields of alcoholism, opiate addiction, nicotine dependence, that, that medications are likely to help us, that will likely play a major role in us being able to, to, to um, help people get back on the road to leading uh, better lives again. Thank you. That was Dr. Robert Mallison talking about his research aimed at developing new treatments for cocaine addiction.